sound, eh? What a sound indeed. That's Randy Weston at his home in Brooklyn back in the early days of Afropop Worldwide, commenting on the one and only Louis Armstrong. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Today, we take a look back at the life and music of Randy Weston, who left us on September 1st, 2018, at age 92. We'll hear music from throughout Randy's amazing career and his reflections on a life that took him from Brooklyn to Africa and beyond. We begin with our visit and conversation with Randy back in 1998. Internationally acclaimed pianist and composer Randy Weston is a gregarious giant of a man with an easy, warm smile. He stands over six foot seven. Now in his early 70s, he has energy to put someone half his age to shame. Randy has dedicated his career to Africa, building bridges between America and the continent for over 40 years. Africa surrounds him in his study at home. Books on African culture and history line the walls. Photos and souvenirs from his African travels are everywhere. When asked about how this love of Africa began, he points to photos of his father and mother. They arrange everything. They totally program me. Why do I say this? My father was totally into Africa. He was a, he was a great follower of Marcus Garvey. And he always kept in our home many maps, many photographs of Africa when I was a kid. And he always told me about the greatness of African civilization. When I would go to school and I would get the reverse, or I go to, to the movies, Africa was always a place to be ashamed of. So my dad, he kept many books on Africa, he told me many stories about Africa. So my dad, he really set the stage as far as that's concerned. In addition to that, he made me take piano lessons. Because, you know, when I was 12 years old, I was about six foot tall. And I was into sports. I was like to play sports, football, baseball. But my dad, he heard something, but he made me take piano lessons. My mother gave me the black church, see. So for my parents, I was programmed at a very early age. So everything I'm doing now came because of their guidance and their beliefs and their spirituality. And the scene in Bedford-Stuyvesant in Brooklyn, where Randy grew up, was also formative. My memories of going to Brooklyn was so rich in culture. It was just incredible. You know, we had more jazz clubs than they had in Harlem. Brooklyn had tremendous ballrooms. They had theaters where you have live acts and live orchestras. You could find organ trios and little bars on the corner. Uh, that was during the time that uh, there were no discos and no television sets, so everything was live. And uh, the African-American community uh, was a collection of, of uh, uh, African people from different parts of the world. So you had people from the southern part of the United States, had people directly from Africa, you had people from South America, the Caribbean, so it was a wonderful mix. Here's Randy Weston's tribute to his neighborhood, a composition called African Village. Bedford Stuyvesant One from his 1992 album The Spirits of Our Ancestors. Mm-hmm. 
Randy Weston on piano from his superb album Spirits of Our Ancestors. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide. Today we have the pleasure of spending the entire program reminiscing with Randy and listening to his music. As you heard, Randy Weston credits his dad with forcing him to practice piano and his musical training grew from there. So we'd all get together as kids, 17, 18, Uh, and and uh, 16 years old, and we would practice and form little bands, and we also would play with local bands. So we got used to reading music, got used to playing different kinds of music. And at that time, we had uh, African-American musicians clubs at that particular time. So these were clubs that we had, and one in Brooklyn, one in Harlem, and throughout the African-American community, because that was during a time of serious segregation. And these clubs are really great because you can meet the older musicians and they would advise you what to do, how to change a mouthpiece, what piano tune to get. You know, if you're going to play at this particular club, make sure you get two dollars, don't get one dollar. But this wonderful contact with the elders that we had. New rhythm captivate me, hot tempo stimulate me, hold everything, swing brother swing. Don't stop stealing dally, get going on rhythm valley, can't help but sing. Swing, brother, swing. All the best musicians had to come to New York, you see? So between Manhattan and Brooklyn, we heard the best. Whether it was a Charlie Parker or William Lyon Smith or, or a Dizzy Gillespie. That's one of Randy's mentors, Thelonious Monk. Another idol was Art Tatum. Now, Tatum, I mean, when I heard him in the 40s, he frightened me. He frightened me to the point that I was afraid to shake his hand. Because I said, this man, he has to be from another planet. It's impossible for a man to play a piano like this with no effort. I mean, enormous, you know. And then I've been playing him lately, and he sounds greater now than he did 30 years ago. I said, well, now, how could this guy play such advanced music? Uh, a few centuries out of slavery, his family. Randy says he made his first recording in 1954 for Riverside Records, mostly interpretations of others' compositions. Here's the title track from Randy's 1956 recording, How High the Moon.
by the Moon with Randy Weston on piano, his Brooklyn buddy Ahmed Abdul Malik on bass, Willie Jones on drums, Ray Copeland on trumpet, Cecil Payne on baritone and alto sax, and Wilbert Hogan on drums. Georges Collinet with you, talking with Randy Weston. Uhuru! Freedom! Freedom first. So 1958, I decided that I wanted to try to write some music for the independence of, of African countries. Either it was happening or about to happen. And the thing was that I wanted to use an African language because I used to be furious at seeing those uh, uh, Tarzan movies and, uh, you know, seeing the Africans in the position of servants, number one. Number two, having them speak as though they had no language. So to me, it was very important to have an African language. Randy asked Langston Hughes to compose a freedom poem for Africa, and it was translated into Kiswahili. Then Randy assembled a powerhouse orchestra, including many of the who's who in jazz at the time. Clark Terry on trumpet, Slide Hampton on trombone, Kenny Burrell on guitar, Ola Tunji on percussion, Max Roach on umbira. Randy's longtime musical partner, Melba Liston, did the arrangements and conducted the orchestra. Uhuru Africa came out in 1960. It's a work in four movements. The third movement is called Bantu.
Randy Weston's seminal composition, Uhuru Africa. That was the third movement, Bantu, where Randy played Donkey's Jaw, a wonderful percussion instrument. Oh, yeah. 
Coming up, more on Randy Weston's jazz life with the African ancestors, including late career solo piano works. Visit afropop.org for more on Randy and the music that filled his life. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Randy Weston wrote a piece dedicated to Bobby Benson, named after his club in Lagos, Cabin Bamboo High Life. This song came out on Weston's 1964 album, High Life. Andy Weston on piano performing his composition Cabin Bamboo High Life from his 1964 release High Life. In 1967, Randy and his band did a State Department sponsored tour of about a dozen African countries. He wound up in Morocco and he fell in love with the place. Inspired by Bobby Benson in Nigeria, he decided he wanted to have a bass. 
He opened a club in Tangiers, where he performed and also featured local Gnawa musicians. Now, the Gnawa are a spiritual and musical brotherhood, descendants of slaves brought up from sub-Saharan West Africa centuries ago to serve in the royal cities of Morocco. Randy felt an immediate spiritual and musical bond with the Gnawa. And I had an opportunity to experience one of the Gnawa ceremonies, and it was very deep for me because at a certain point, I'm a musician, I'm very sensitive to me, at a certain point, the music had reached a cert, at a, such a high spiritual level for me. It was like hearing jazz and blues and calypso all at the same time. And after that experience, I think I was almost in trance for about a week, almost, which means I was functioning. But the music was so powerful, so spiritually powerful, like it was inside of me. And I, my body was trying to interpret this music, you know. That's from a Grammy-nominated album of Gnawa master musicians that Randy produced. Randy's experience with the Gnawa has made a deep, lasting impression in his art. Listen to this beautiful classic from the Western repertoire, Blue Moses. Thank you. 
Randy Weston with Blue Moses from the superb 1991 recording, The Spirits of Our Ancestors.
One of the last albums Randy Weston released is called Solo Piano Sound, a set of solo pieces recorded in Montreux in 2001. In the album notes, Stanley Crouch writes, Weston has the biggest sound of any jazz pianist since Ellington and Monk, as well as the richest, most inventive beat. But his art is more than projection and time. It's the result of a studious and inspired intelligence. I like that. Here is Beef Blues 2.
Randy Weston from his 2017 album Solo Piano, rounding out our visit with the late great jazzman. Take a cue from Randy, who liked to say, we're all standing on the shoulders of our ancestors, so call them up, praise them. Randy was a true friend of Afropop, and we miss him every day. support for Afropop Worldwide comes from Carnegie Hall. Tickets are on sale for the Angelic Kijo series of concerts including Benin International Musical, Diaspora Songs, the Lionel Lueke Trio and guest Ciro Battista and Kijo's 60th birthday celebration. More info at carnegiehall.org And from Womex, the showcase and exposition of roots and world music. October 23rd to the 27th, Tampere, Finland. More information at Womex.com. Now, you can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Sean Barlow, Liz Webler, and Banning Air. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Steven Erickson and Karen Blackall. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of operations is Ben Richmond, and I'm Georges Collinet. Public Radio International.